Hello, welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. My name is Chip Chantry. Ken, how are you? I'm doing all right. It's been a little while since we've done one of these. Yeah, a uh, little, little vacay. Uh, I, I went down to the Keys. You were up in Nova Scotia. Like bass fishing, I believe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, I, I caught so many bass. I, yes. it, it's it's all I think about is bass. You know what? We should jump right into this, but at, uh, towards the end of the podcast, we should talk about our last episode, which was our live episode. Yes, which which was a which a ton of fun. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, we could do that. But also, I want to introduce uh, our producer today, Connor. Hello, hello. What's going on? Not much, not much. Uh, we've had Connor sat in on a few of these. But um, uh, today we're we're letting them we're letting them jump in too. No, it's about time. <laughs> Chip, introduce our our one of my very favorite returning guests, please. Uh, if you if you are a listener to the podcast, you know and like him. Uh, he is a prominent figure in the Philadelphia trivia scene. He is a man about town. He is part owner of Shive Vintage Sports and part owner of the Philadelphia Phoenix, the uh, Philadelphia Ultimate Disc Team, uh, and uh, a good pal of mine, friend of the show, Johnny Goodtimes. How are you, Johnny? Chance, it's great to be here. Uh, back in January, I posted on Twitter I want 2023 to be the year that I really make the rounds on the podcast circuit. Mm -hmm. And uh, now it's May 18th, and this is the first one I've been invited to. So uh, a little slow starting, but this is the one that's going to shoot me right into the stratosphere, and I'm glad it's with you guys. Uh, you heard about the tortoise and the hare, Johnny. Mm -hmm. uh, the hare took off right out of the bat, and the tortoise is now co-hosting with Joe Rogan. So I think you are... Uh... <laughs> I think you're on the right path, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Slow, <laughs> slow, slow and steady, my I'm friend. Just picturing, steady. I'm just picturing this turtle now, like yelling into a mic, like, don't take the fucking vaccine, you sheeple. <laughs> <laughs> I took it. I used to be a person. Turned me into a fucking tortoise. Mm -hmm. I took the vaccine and now I'm magnetic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then Rogan's just like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> this turtle couldn't talk before the vaccine. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Johnny, we know we've only got you for a limited time, so I, I feel like we, we got to uh, jump. Yeah, I, Johnny's only here for a limited time. Johnny, do you have another podcast to do? Yeah. Yeah, I got a couple more lined up. It's crazy. Like, once they heard I was on this one, the phone started ringing off the hook. <laughs> That's yeah. how it happens, baby. When it yeah. rains, it pours. It's yep. all about energy. It's all a forward flow. Yeah. Do, do you do you have, a, a like, a league owners meeting to attend? Uh. No, uh, they typically try to keep me out of those. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm somebody that kind of slipped in uh, through the back door. Uh, most of the rest of them are more respectable members of society. So mm -hmm. uh, the, 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 they normally change the locks before I get to those league meetings. <laughs> well, listen, speaking of uh, slipping in through the back door, today's <laughs> episode. <laughs> Go on. Is Little Richard. One of the founding. Oh, I thought you had a sponsor. <laughs> no, no, no. It was just uh, it was just an anal sex joke, which is um, actually pretty appropriate uh, for Little Richard. Did you guys know? I so there's there's by the way there's this amazing documentary you can rent it on Amazon now called Little Richard. I am everything, and it is filled with tons of shit I did not know about him. Perhaps the most shocking of which was finding out that the song Tutti Fruity is about anal sex. Yes. Yeah. 
that uh, the 1950s classic that every grandma dances to at wedding receptions is about uh, is about anal sex. Woo! <laughs> it, it was the original lyrics were something like "tutti fruity, good booty." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's what it originally was, and then they had somebody change the lyrics so it could be radio friendly. Um. But seriously, so today we're talking Little Richard, and I feel like if you were to put up the Mount Rushmore of like the founding fathers of rock, this yeah. is just my opinion, but I would think you would have to have uh, Elvis, Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Lewis, and then I would think Little Richard, and that's yeah. in no particular order. Right. I think you went by height, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've covered the other three. So uh, today we're going to give Little Richard his due. Yeah. It's, by the way, great documentary. Highly recommended. There is – I don't think anyone else on earth – if I saw the documentary, like who put it, put on anybody else's name, uh, colon, I am everything, I would be like this arrogant son of a bitch. I would never watch a movie. Well, that's like also this. the name of my new podcast. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh, uh, great, yeah. You can find it yeah, on feel Spotify. Free to do- Johnny, Johnny Good Times, I Am Everything. I Am Everything. Great. <laughs> Good to know. Check that out wherever you uh, find that should on be any launching. Platform. Yeah, probably in the next couple of months. Once I yeah. get some of these guest appearances on some other people's. Yeah, because uh, we- mine won't have any guests. It's just going to be me talking. Well, you about are everything. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. It's just going to be a list of shit that Johnny is. Yeah. 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 So here, here's something interesting that I never realized that I don't know how in-depth – uh, anybody knows about this, but uh, Little Richard was born with deformities. I thought that was. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I did not. What, what was this? One, like one arm shorter than the other, or? and one leg is shorter than the other. I think. Yeah. All right, guys. This has been I Love Rock and Roll. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> I think it's just short and sweet. We give like one fact, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, no. His apparently he was born. Uh, his his one leg is longer than the other. And his one uh, arm is is longer than the other. He was- well, I I feel like I feel like not I don't want to take you know I don't I, I don't want to turn this into a marketing meeting but uh, I feel like if you guys kind of change the theme to rockers with deformities okay like I think that's maybe an angle and then that's just kind of the thing instead of the music okay yeah sure like so I yeah think, I think I, let's start that today with Little Richard go on yeah yeah okay. boy did you know that Mark Knopfler has a deviated septum and then we just talk about that <laughs> yeah. for an hour Carol exactly. King has Crohn's disease. What? That's a two-parter. Whoa. <laughs> um, I loved I loved this documentary so much. I I always loved Little Richard's music. Mm-hmm. Um and uh like to me those records still just sound so great. But I I was not prepared for what a uh, like a tortured soul this dude was because mm-hmm. yeah. he, he grew up in a very strict religious background, uh, like one of 12 dirt poor and Macon, Georgia, Macon, Georgia. And um, they were they were like ferociously religious. Mm-hmm. And he was this like obviously uh, gay kid who didn't fit in. Um, and, uh, he kind of, his whole life goes back and forth between being loud and proud and out and flamboyant 
and encouraging others to do the same. And then he would also spend large parts of his life like completely religious, renouncing his homosexuality, telling people it's a sin, trying to save them from going to hell. Uh, you know, he, he gives up rock and roll at one point and just only starts making gospel records. Um, and then he would do that for a while and decide that he wanted to be gay again. And then he would come back even, even louder. And yeah. it was um, um, for, for those of you just tuning in, uh, we're currently talking about the life and times of Mike Pence. This is a show <laughs> life and time of Mike Pence. Get back yeah. to it. Uh, again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. His platform was actually Tutti Frutti. That was <laughs> and also his favorite meal at Denny's. <laughs> um, so he got little Richard got his start. I thought this was interesting. Like. He started out as a drag queen like they used to have these uh, I don't even know if like vaudeville is the right word, but like there there would be these underground drag shows. And like when you say underground, like they were they were kept as secret as possible because uh, back then you could go to jail for, you know, they, they throw you in prison for for dressing up like a woman. It's, yeah. it's, he was – I mean and he was born I think in 1932. So you push this forward. This is the 1940s, very early 50s I guess in the south. He he sang with a medicine show for a while, like literally a, a literal traveling medicine show, guys sold snake oil. And then he joined a this, – this guy, which Johnny Goodtimes is a great name. But that's – I'm assuming you took Johnny Goodtimes as a name because the name Sugarfoot Sam from Alabama was taken. Is that right, Johnny? Yeah, yeah, I was uh, I was all ready to roll with it, and then I went to the trademark office, yeah. and yeah, they gave yeah. me the business there. <laughs> yeah, so, like, so that was one of those under underground shows, Sugarfoot Sam from Alabama. Yeah, and then somebody convinced him Little Richard uh, made more sense. Yes, yeah. and um, but he he was playing like the very uh, segregated South. He 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 he, he was uh, he was this church singer. And um, but he would also like in addition to these drag shows, you can go here. People would sing like the dirtiest songs. Mm -hmm. um, it's so funny because I, th they play a clip of this woman that he loved, this old blues singers who, who would sing this uh, really dirty songs. And I was listening to it and I was like, 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 like WAP. You know, like that wet ass pussy song. Uh, it, it's like we haven't come as far as we think we have. Like this shit was all around almost a yeah. hundred years ago. That they, they had um, this woman was singing. I wrote down the lyrics. Uh, I got nipples, nipples on my, on my titties, titties as big as the end of my thumb. I got something between my legs that'll make a dead man come. And that woman Again, was Miss Carly Simon. Hour. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Which, by the way, uh, I finally figured out where Mick and Keith lifted that line from. You know, like they slip it in at the end to start me up. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Johnny, uh, your nipples. Yeah. Uh, as big as the end of your thumb? Uh, uh, no. Okay. No. I'd say slightly smaller, but pointier. Okay. 
Um, if you could rhyme next time, that would be great. <laughs> put it in, if you could put that in a, in a rhyming format, that would be great. And maybe we can hook you up with Sugarfoot Sam from Alabama. I couldn't. I couldn't tell without knowing how big her thumbs were. Whether or not that was like impressive, or did Is I need to be intimidated? Does she have a deformity. Yeah, I don't know this lady. Show us your yeah, yeah. Um. I just I, I'm searching for a rhyme with pointier, but I got nothing. I, that's a tough. That's a yeah. tough one. <laughs> uh, Anointier. There you go. Mm-hmm. I mean, not technically a word, but you could do something with it. Um. So little Richard, he's playing all of these like drag shows, and then he finally uh, gets a chance to record a demo. He does it like in the lobby of the radio station and they're trying to get him to sound like B.B. King or Bo Diddley, like the other acts at the time. And um, he wasn't he was he was holding back. So so they didn't uh, they, they weren't sure what to do with him. But then uh, he takes a break from recording and goes over to uh, like this little bar called the Do Drop In that had a piano. Nobody even knew that he could play the piano. And he sat down at the piano and, and the, the guy, the producer who was re- wanted to record him came with him and he sat down at the piano and plays Tutti Fruity with like the original raunchy lyrics. And this producer hearing it uh, knows instantly like, hey, if we can make this sound like it's not about anal sex, we've we've got a pretty big hit on our hands. And uh, they, they said the exact opposite thing 30 years later to Luke Skywalker. Did they? Okay. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yep. They were like, Uncle Luke, this song uh, doesn't sound like there's enough anal sex in it and we don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He was like, oh, Jesus, we're going to have a good time. They're like, no, no, let's make it. Oh, put it up your butt. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he records Tutti Frutti and uh, radio stations start playing it and uh, it becomes a huge hit. Little Richard describes being in his parents' house the first time it came on the radio and he had to convince them that it was him. Like they didn't even know that he was little Richard or had done any of this. Is that kind of like, like Johnny, if like somebody from your family sees like tweets from Johnny good times, do they get, do you have to, do you forward it to them and try to convince them that that's you? Yeah. And like, Hey, I'm doing quiz at Bira tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And they're like, not our Johnny. No, <laughs> no, no, he was he would never be in his late 40s hosting Quizzo at Dive Bar. <laughs> That's not Airboy. Um, so uh, his, his father, who was uh, who was a very, uh, you know, devout, uh, you, you say very religious person. He was a minister, but he also owned a small nightclub and he was a bootlegger at the same time. Uh would, like basically threw little Richard out of the house because he was gay and he, he wanted nothing to do with that. But then when little Richard got a little heat and he got a little uh, uh, famous celebrity, his dad welcomed back because, hey, why not? You know, so he, he brings it back. Yeah, well, he probably thought that uh, he probably thought that he'd hit pay dirt. Exactly. Exactly. But then right after that, they just mentioned this and I wanted to look it up. I didn't have a chance. They just mentioned it in the 
documentary, but apparently Little Richard's best friend shot and murdered his father. Yes. And then it was just that's all. And they just they just moved on from there. And it's yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the situation was. I don't know what what led up to that. But uh, yeah, that's apparently what happened. What do you do? Like, do you stay friends? Like, are you like like you and Johnny are pretty tight. So let's say Johnny. Sure. Let's say Johnny murders your dad. Are you right. are you still cool or are you like, hey, I need some space? I think it's one of those things where it's like, hey, I think the beach trip next weekend is off, but maybe we'll get together for for breakfast in in, in a week or two. Yeah. Take, you got to take it slow. You have to I mean, take it slow. Yeah. I mean, the point is moot because the bomb didn't go off. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. it didn't even. Yeah. So the thing that was. Yeah. So it didn't happen. It's always the green wire. You got to hook the green wire mm-hmm. to the pipe, Johnny. Yep. Yeah. That's how it works. Well, you're the you're the one that lives in South Philly. I mean, you know better than I do. That's exactly. Yep. Um, yeah, you're right. They didn't they didn't really they just kind of glossed over it. They were like little Richard was like, yeah, my dad was going to take me to buy a car that night. Mm-hmm. And then a narrator's like, but he never got that car because his best friend shot and murdered his dad. And yeah. then they were just on to the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you think they would have paid a little more attention to that. Um, but L- Little Richard is now getting some heat. Tutti Frutti becomes big. He but has it, it, this... be- it becomes big through uh, fucking Pat Boone. Like... Well, that's This is the crazy part. So, And, and this – I mean it all co- kind of comes around the same time where for the first time ever, it's the 1950s and we have something called teenagers, which – wasn't really a thing. It was like you're a child and then you go and you work in the factory and you're an adult or whatever. But it was like for the first time they had this demographic of teenage, you know, teenagers who were buying records, were going, you know, had this identity and they're like, we can market to them. They were seeking out this black music that wasn't allowed on white radio, on mainstream radio, but they could do it because of transistor radios they had cars they were able to get it through i think alan freed and all and they would listen to all of these these radio stations and they were accessing these black artists but at the same time it's the 1950s especially down south but everywhere they don't want these white kids going to see this black music because of course all hell's going to break loose and it's the the devil's music you get arrested for it back then we're going to get arrested for it right um so in walks the hero of the story, and that's who we're talking about today, the man who made it all happen, Mr. Pat Boone. <laughs> yeah, Pat, welcome to the show. Oh, my God. I can't believe I was your opener here today. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, Pat Pat starts, you know, not just Pat Boone, but but a bunch of these uh, bunch of these white dudes start start taking the the black songs and just sucking the fucking life and soul out of them. Please go if the listener right now if you want to pause this podcast just go to YouTube, go wherever, find Pat Boone singing either Tutti Fruity or a couple of Little Richards songs. It 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 will crush your soul. It will you you will you will be a worse person for it. And but I think you need to go through that journey with us. Play the first thirty seconds of Little Richard singing Tutti Fruity, then play thirty seconds of Pat Boone, and it's, and see if you can tell which one's about anal sex. Yes. Um. Little Richard said something funny. Like what they would start doing was, he would start singing songs so fast that Pat Boone wouldn't be able 
to record them. Like he he would just he would speed everything up to where Pat Boone couldn't even get the words out of his mouth fast enough. Yeah, it was. And there was actually a clip with with Pat Boone singing with that woman and they were trying to get through a verse. And it's hilarious. I mean, they just can't. They literally couldn't form the words fast enough. It's great. Um, but little Richard starts getting played on the radio. He's playing down south. Um, he's playing several nights a week, several shows a day, or he's playing like seven nights a week, several shows a day. And um, but he's in it's it's down south, so it's all segregated. So you know, Tuesday night might be for the black kids. Wednesday might be for the white kids, or if it was. If it was uh, the night for the black kids, the white kids were allowed to come, but they had to sit in the balcony. Mm -hmm. And they said there was something, and there's actual footage of this. It it actually gave me like goosebumps watching it. Um, There was something about the music that was so raw and, and powerful and spoke to these kids so much that the white kids started climbing down from the balcony to get to the floor to be with the black kids. And they said it was... Probably the first time in the South that um, shit started integrating, like like in a very real way by by getting the kids on board. Uh, he he helped break down. Uh, he helped break down segregation in the South. Which, if you think about it, and not to get too heady or, or whatever, but like these, you know, the the religious leaders, the 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 political leaders, that's exactly what they were trying to prevent, and they I. I don't know how clairvoyant they were with the music, but they're like, these kids really like this. They're going to get together. They say they're going to go to hell and they say all hell's going to break loose. But what they actually feared was, oh, white kids and black kids are going to get together and enjoy themselves together. And we're not going to keep this charade up anymore. Right. Right. And little Richard's actually like he gets arrested a few times for mm-hmm. for playing black music to white kids. And then the cops yeah. and, and he's the victim of police brutality. Yeah. Um, but he uh, he doesn't stop. Yeah. Um, Johnny, you're uh, you're a public figure. Uh, have have you done anything to to fix race relations or break down segregation? Or are you any kind of civil rights? Hero? Yeah. Have you ha- how have you teared the wall down through Quizzo? Uh, I hate, I feel like the word hero gets tossed around too loosely these days. Sure. But as I explain on my uh, podcast, I am everything. Uh, (laughs) I have probably done as much for race relations in this country as, as well, let's just, let's, I I won't say any names. Okay. I just will say, I think top 10. Okay. Okay. I know. I think that's, but again, I don't want to spoil it by putting names out there because those will, you'll hear all those on the, I am everything podcast now available on all. Uh, (laughs) by the way i i know we only have you because you you do have to go to a civil rights uh rally johnny uh so we only have you for a few minutes one thing that i just thought of which i'm sure is obvious and i never put two and two together but as we fast forward just the amount of people it's you can't even comprehend the amount of people that little richard influenced in his his fashion his music the just the way he conducted himself on stage his persona it's just everybody in rock and roll uh Johnny, your take though, one person that just popped in my head, Ric Flair, the nature boy. He's he is wrestling's little Richard. Yeah, I think to a certain extent, I think uh I think 
it's it's wild when you think about like the 50s and like little richard and then if you want to bring it to wrestling i think of um who was it gorgeous george yep was he yeah like it's kind of wild that that kind of thing was played with kind of so in your face but just wasn't stated yes yeah you know like it's that same sort of like flamboyance that I mean, Liberace too, I guess you could say, but like there was a certain amount of it that was allowed as long as you didn't call it what it was. Yeah. So that's right. what I really find interesting about, you know, Little Richard and, and that era of music and entertainment yeah. is that all of those things that we have today were all there. You just back then you couldn't you couldn't say them. And if you're Mike Pence, you still can't. Sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah, well, he even says that himself because, like, a lot of the black artists of the day that that were making names for themselves, like Fats Domino and B.B. King, uh, I guess they were sort of seen as um, safer options for for kids. But then, like, Little Richard came out and all those songs are about sex. They're, like, fairly graphically uh, about sex. And he was like, he, you got to see the old footage of him. He was Prince before Prince. Like there's oh, there's yeah. a lot of shots of him. Dre- like you you look at the outfit and you're like, oh, Prince would have worn that for sure. Tight and, pants, no shirt. Just yep, go, ripping yeah. his shirt off, jumping into the crowd, jumping up and down on the piano. Like he was dangerous uh, yeah. back then as, as far as they were concerned. So what he had to do to counter that was go so over the top with his flamboyance. That it, you know, that it almost felt like a caricature and then people felt better about it, which somebody had brought that up in the documentary about how, like, you would think that being flamboyant would make it worse in the 1950s. Yes. Yeah. But it actually made it better because it wasn't as threatening and it was, I don't know if you want to say cartoonish or theatrical. So it was like if it was a very straight black man doing all this on stage. I mean, just oh, but if he's just this goofy guy wearing makeup doing it, then it's like, well, all right, we'll we'll, we'll take a step back. And it's it's it's, quote unquote, not that bad. Right. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. Uh, he said, Johnny, I don't know if you know this. He was influenced on piano. One of uh, his biggest influence on the piano, Mr. Ike Turner. Because oh, of the uh, his top right hand, the way he could do it. And as we know, Ike Turner, very fast hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one of the true the true gentlemen yeah. of the era yeah that was uh, his name uh, wasn't uh, it? another thing i th- just as we're, we're talking about influences john waters which i mean totally makes sense john waters talked about how much he loved loved him saw him live and he saw him in the in the movies that he made uh john waters pencil mustache is says is just a direct homage for 50 plus years to little richard's pencil pencil mustache yeah so is mine you can't see mine it's it's very thin very thin it's a very thin mustache but that's kind of almost an extra layer of of honor that you're bestowing upon him yeah yeah i mean i've got my pencil mustache you can't even see because i have an actual mustache over my pencil mustache it's over top of it the magic marker is over top of the pencil mm -hmm. but it's there but it's, it's there, there and it's yes. Yeah. Now, uh, Johnny, I think we need to get to this and I, and I know you have to go in, in just a minute or two, but uh, do we get to one of the inciting incidents? He, he is widely popular. He's touring all over the world. <laughs> he's making these 
movies where he's basically, I guess, like starring in the, these rock and roll movies where people are seeing him. Uh, and then he gets booked in Sydney, Australia. Sure. And yep. he's, flying, he's flying across what I would only assume is the Pacific Ocean. I'm assuming he's coming from the West Coast. Uh, heading to Australia, he's over the, the, the ocean, and he believes that the engines are catching fire. They're like red, and he feels like the plane is on fire. And but angels are lifting up the plane and holding it that plane in a safe place in the air so they won't crash. And then, Ken, what does he see after that? He sees so then then when they're safe on the ground, he sees uh, something fiery in the sky. I think he believes it's uh, it's a sign. It's it's, our, it's it's revelation. It's Armageddon. The right. world is ending. He literally sees fire in the sky. Now, now we should also mention. We should mention at the time uh, he was doing a lot of drugs. Like it, yes. it's it's possible. It's possible some some of this was drug fueled. I think by all accounts, nobody else saw the plane on fire and angels nope. guiding it. No. Um. Well, yeah, but how hard were they looking? I mean, that's a good point. If you don't know that's, to look for it. That's my question, Johnny. Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't see it unless you're looking for it, unless, it, you know. Right. So kudos to little Richard for being the one, I mean, for being the one that saved the plane. Yeah. Not all who wander are lost. Yes. <laughs> so, the, the, and the thing that he sees in the sky, there, there's speculation that he just caught a glimpse of Sputnik. <laughs> Sputnik was in the air going across the sky, orbiting. That's what he saw. Yeah. But he thinks he's seeing fire in the sky. So what does he do when he sees Sputnik? Well, the only logical thing you can do, uh, he renounces an astronaut. <laughs> yes. And that, my friends, is the story of Krista McAuliffe. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next week on Johnny Good Times. I am everything. <laughs> yeah. What does NASA stand for? Need another Sugarfoot Sam from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck um, no of course he renounces rock and roll and uh, becomes a gospel singer and goes to a bible school like a very strict bible school lives in the dorms renounces his homosexuality his any kind of rock music wears a suit every day he, he is buying back records from fans so he, he puts the word out that he will buy your little Richard records because he wants to burn them because uh, God is going to send him to hell for playing rock and roll music. And this is the only way that he, he gets to avoid hell. Uh, by the way, there are still physical copies of my first album, Chip Chantry Across the Adonis. If you can, if you want to purchase those, I'll send those to you. And then maybe someday in the near future, I'll buy them back from you to burn. Not exactly 100% sure if I'm going to do that, but buy them now. And then maybe if I see, see the light, if I you see Sputnik. I will purchase those back and have a bonfire with those CDs. So feel free to do that. Or, you know what? Just download, buy my albums online. I have two of them. Download those, send me the receipt, and then maybe I will will incinerate those at some point. That the sounds receipt. fair. Yeah. Johnny, do you have Frisbees you'd like to buy back? 
Yeah, we're doing a Frisbee buyback just to kind of try to get crime down under control in the streets. Uh, <laughs> right. Any, any kids that are out there committing crimes. Uh, throwing With Frisbees. Frisbees. Yeah. Uh, throwing Frisbees at strangers, uh, then t- taking their taking their purses, bags, et cetera. Uh, mm-hmm. We will take those back at this Saturday's Phoenix game. Uh, we will fully reimburse you for whatever you paid for the Frisbee. And we just ask that you turn your life around. That's great. <laughs> Yeah. So I, thanks for letting, that was why I came on the show. And yep. uh, yeah, I want to thank, uh, thank you guys for, for letting me have that moment to absolutely um, the, the Frisbee buyback program is something I believe when we talk about my civil rights record <laughs> I, I is one of the, one of kind of the shining moments of that, of that resume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, and just all of those, you know, predominantly, you know, African-American sports, Ultimate Frisbee. Just, just Quizzo. Quizzo. Yeah, right up there. <laughs> uh, Johnny, I, I know you do. Do you have to do you do have to run? Uh, are you? I mean, I kind of do, but I kind of like the fact that you keep saying I have to run and then I just never leave. So <laughs> right, I'm, kind right. like, I'm kind of like, yeah, I kind of should go. I got like my we- work to we introduced Connor because we were like Johnny's gonna leave, and yeah. then Johnny never leaves. And yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see how long I could stretch it. It's like the kiss farewell tour. Yeah. Before yeah. things finally turned ugly. Well, right. do do, right. do you do you have a do you have time to talk about the drug fueled orgies? That yes, that that's where I'd like that's what I'd like to close out on. If I could. okay, good, sure. All sure. right, that's where I can actually offer some expertise. Absolutely. Um. So little Richard, uh, I told you he's like this interesting, he, like he's just this dichotomy. But um, he has, uh, when he's not renouncing rock and roll, he, he's got a pretty ferocious sexual appetite, just like Chip. Mm-hmm. And um, he talks a lot in the documentary about orgies. And and how great they are. He had one line that made me laugh so hard. He was like, honey, orgies are so fabulous. Some people never want to leave them. And I'm like, really? Like you never. I feel like there's there gets to be a moment in an orgy when you are definitively finished. You know, like you're like, yeah, you're right. Okay, I, yeah. I, I, what's on TV? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like I love the beach. But by Thursday afternoon, I'm like, all right, it's time to pack up and go home. And mm-hmm. I really enjoy going to the beach. Yeah, you know, and I think I think it. And and in this case, the parallel I'm making is that the beach is sex with dozens of people. <laughs> um, his his road manager talks in the documentary about some nights he would have to sleep in the bathtub because the rest of the room was just filled with naked people. So literally just the whole suite was just naked. people. was like, all right, well, I guess I have to sleep in the tub now. And it doesn't sound it didn't sound like little Richard cared if you were male or female. Like if you came knocking on his door and wanted sex, you got it. Yeah. Uh, which is is pretty progressive for the 50s and 60s. Like, but, you know, those uh, well, I actually I actually sent you. What were you going to say, Johnny? I, I was just going to say progressive for the 50s and 60s orgies. Yeah. Right. You know, those orgies were so notoriously, you know, sort of like uh, puritanical, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for for, the, for them to just be wide open like that was a total change of pace from what we were used to at the time. 
Yeah, those already those orgies had order. There was a system back then. Right. It was yeah. like it was short for organized. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't know that's where orgy came from. No. Just so, just a, at the door is just a woman with glasses and her hair in a bun and a clipboard. Yeah, and be like, you will be going to room two. Oh, like the like the uh, like the bookkeeper from Brewster's Millions. That's who I'm picturing. Yes, yes. <laughs> just like an old lady, like just Mrs. Garrett walking through an orgy. Will anybody clean up anything? Yeah, like she's just angry. See, that's what I think would eventually get to. Here's why I think I'm I'm not the type of fellow who could never leave an orgy. Like I feel sure. like just at some point. Mm-hmm. The smell has got to get to you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It probably yeah. starts off smelling delightful and everybody's, you know, soaped up and clean. But I, I think not too far into it, it, it sours. But not, I, not for nothing. To, uh, speak, speak. I, I don't know if you guys knew this. They used to call me soaped up Sam from Alabama. Did Oh, did they? OK, yeah. That's, that's yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it was that was my orgy name. Yeah. <laughs> Chip, what would what would be your orgy name? Uh, it would just be Chip Chantry. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, here's I want to tell a very quick story that has nothing to. This is as close I think to an orgy as I ever got. Uh, I, and I, st- right I still, now? yeah, yes, this right now is the closest <laughs> on Zoom, on Zoom. Uh, uh, I literally, I, I was, I was like going through my Rolodex of like all the sexy experiences, whatever, you know, the, and this is literally uh, in, in my upbringing. I remember I was at a party of just some friends. We were just hanging out one afternoon. There was just a bunch of people at somebody's house. And I literally walked into, it was like the laundry room that go went out to the garage. And it was my one friend asking a girl to the prom. Like as I'm walking in, I walked in on him asking her to the prom and I was like and I closed the door behind me because I was and then I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And she was just at that point saying no to him. So he got rejected as I'm walking in and I I closed the door behind me and I went and we got locked in the laundry room together. And it was just me and a guy and a girl who she just turned down for the prom. And we were locked in a laundry room for a half hour together, the three of us. And that's the closest I've ever gotten to it. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And is that how you met your wife? Like, did you ask her to the prom? I was like, and hey, then... do you want to go to the prom with me then? And she's like, sure. One out of two. And, and it was just 30 minutes of awkward silence. Yes. <laughs> and then we <laughs> shook hands and said goodbye. Oh, so since this is a um, a rock and roll and uh, orgy and astronaut podcast, I uh, I have a fun rock and roll prom story for you, real quick. Do you know who asked my wife to prom? Have I ever told you that, Chip? Papoon. I I feel like wait, I feel like I know, and I, I can't remember who 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 asked your wife to prom. Crystalia. Was this recently? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, it's via text. Yeah. It just it just said yeah. it yeah. just said, a few weeks ago. You, you yeah. will go to prom. Eighty with me. December romance. My wife's eighty seven. <laughs> no, so uh it's such a shame no one's ever gonna hear this. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> 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 oh man i'm sorry go ahead who anyway uh, no uh uh tom DeLong from blink 182 yep is he is he the the ufo guy 
Or is that uh, another guy? Uh, either way, it's impressive, Johnny. So yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't want to yeah, bury the lead here. So one of the guys from Blink-182 asked your wife to prompt. Did they go to high school together? Yes. Wow. And my Did, wife went to high school. She saw them play in, like, in a garage with like 10 people. Now, wait, you're saying that he asked her to prompt. Did she go with him? No. So that's what made me think of it was when you said that you saw the um, the girl say no. Uh, right. So my wife at the time was dating somebody. So she said no. Okay. Wow. So huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she- I mean, you want to talk about a regret that never goes away. But I, you, you think if at some point, somewhere along the line, somebody had said to her, like, don't worry, you are going to end up with the owner of a professional sports team. She would have been like, oh, thank God. Like, that wasn't the biggest mistake of my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a like a cruel, like a uh, trick by a genie. <laughs> right. You know, like a, like like, a Twilight hey, Zone any, genie. I can be any wish you want. Oh, I want to be married to the owner of a pro sports team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, Tom DeLonge is the aliens guy. He is a big believer in UFOs and aliens. Well, I think I'm not saying he's wrong, by the way. I think that's the perfect way for me to end uh, today's astronaut uh, podcast. There it is. <laughs> There it is. We, we 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 start with astronauts and we end with UFOs. Uh, before you blast off onto Sputnik, Johnny, where can the good listeners find you? Besides uh, space, find, yeah, they can find me on. Um, they can find me at Johnny Good Times on Twitter, where I am nothing short of insufferable mm-hmm. and uh, less prolific. Uh, but you can still find me on Instagram at Johnny Good Times, and you can find our frisbee team at PHL underscore Phoenix. On Instagram. Great. Well, I imagine your followers for that uh, Phoenix team are going to skyrocket after this comes out. So, th- so thank you, thank you for doing. Yeah. It. Yes, thank you for having me. Of course, Johnny's been a pleasure. Bye now. All right. So, okay. Can, there's one thing we left out of this orgy discussion, though. Yep. Dude would read the Bible through the orgies. Yes. Little Richard it was like, would walk he was like around. Of- yeah. He was like, he did the dirty deed, and he's like, I need to repent in the moment. Can you think of any, like, listen, I have, uh, I'll admit, I've never been uh, in an orgy. Nor have I. But I would imagine that uh, somebody dressed like prototype prince mm-hmm. reading the Bible yeah. would feel weird. Like, it would, it, it would seem like a distraction. Like, imagine if that was your first orgy, and you're like, is this part of it? <laughs> Does this always happen? <laughs> that is it, it is very it has to be jarring. Um you know what you know what was cool saying about him too was like you know so those original like we talked about the Mount Rushmore, you know Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, Chuck Berry, Little Richard. So the guys one, the guys from Space Hog. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> they they start, you know, they they hit mid 50s. But by the early 60s, uh, Little Richard's a gospel singer. Elvis is in the army. Uh, Chuck Berry, I think, is in prison for uh, an underage uh, kid thing. And Jerry Lee Lewis is the only one still out there. But Just out out there murdering wives. Just out there, yeah, uh, killing people. Um, Mm -hmm. But 
when Little Richard comes back, when when he when he stops the gospel and makes his return to rock and roll, he starts going on tour with everybody. He's playing every festival on the circuit, uh, and he's playing with a lot of these people that he influenced. You know, it was, it was like people appreciated Little Richard's music, but they liked it better coming from the Beatles. Like, you know, by, by the time yeah. you got the teenagers in the sixties, they're already, it was like little Richard's ancient history. Um, there, there was literally a sign that a girl was holding, I think at a, a Beatles concert or an event. And it just said, Elvis is dead. Long live the Beatles yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like it can't just be, Oh yeah. He's also another artist. It's like, <laughs> we have, yeah, we like, have denounced Elvis Presley. Yeah. We're, we've moved on to right, the next generation. Right. We wouldn't even care if he died. No. But they're showing Little Richard on all these shows. Absolutely nobody can follow him. No. And he has – they start putting him up last. Yeah. Because uh, nobody can follow him. And, and they talk about a concert at um, – in Atlantic City, like a festival. The pop festival, yeah. Yeah. And Janis Joplin is on the bill. And she apparently absolutely fucking destroys, like blows the roof off the place. Mm -hmm. They said she gets like seven standing ovations. She actually collapses at the end of the set because she had just thrown every ounce of energy she had into it. And the road manager was like, fuck, like Richard's in trouble tonight. And they said little Richard was just backstage, like not even sweating it. And he was like... Uh, take the limo back to the hotel and get me my mirror ball suit. Like he had a suit <laughs> that was like a like the entire suit was like a disco ball. Yeah. And um, they said the lights went down and then the spotlight hit his suit and then it turned the entire auditorium into like a disco and it was just coming and, from his and little richard just started slowly his, spinning around yep yeah uh and then they said that he was like people didn't even remember that janis joplin had just done all that no no just he he, he everything that they talk about like i think it was even mick jagger was was interviewed and just how like he's like oh all us british bands and everybody that you saw beforehand we just stood on stage and played music and then we saw him and he just used every inch of the stage, jumped up on things, dove off of stuff, screamed, just used, you know, the, the costumes, the everything, took his clothes off. And I mean, that made the Beatles and the Stones, I mean, j just for starters, those two bands, what what they became. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he even introduced the Beatles to Hamburg, I think he. Like they were introduced, they hadn't even made a record. They had like a similar manager or something like that. He's like, "I'll meet these guys," and then he liked them, and then they opened for him. And then I think he took them to Hamburg, yeah, right? I think the so. Star Club. Yeah. And there's there's a photo of Little Richard with all four Beatles like staring up at him, just and, starstruck. Yeah, and you hear McCartney was like, "That that was our first time meeting somebody famous," and you can even see now like they're inter they're interviewing Mick Jagger now, so it's like. 80-year-old yeah. Mick Jagger, and when he talks about – so the Stones opened for him on a 30-date tour across Europe uh, like when their first record came out. Yeah. And you can still see like his face lights up talking about Little Richard's music. You see like a, like a gleam in his eye and um, 
it's sad because it's like all the artists sort of gave him his due, but the general public, it was like they, all of those original rockers just sort of got forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't agree with this though. Like they said, like there was one woman talking about how that first, the very first rock and roll hall of fame class, um, uh, it was uh, El- it was like Elvis, Ray Charles, Little Richard, Bo Diddley. It was like all- Jerry Lee Lewis. It was everybody we just talked about, and it was um, it was the very first class. And they gave they gave the founding fathers their due that first night, like the Beatles and Stones. They didn't come till the following years. Yeah. But I even saw like this one woman talking about it and she said like, oh, that could actually be seen as like a slap in the face. Like they just wanted to get these dinosaurs done and out of the way. But I didn't like put them in the put them out to pasture. But I didn't take it like that. I like I took it as like these were the guys that started it. So, of course, this is how you this is who you have to honor first. I could I can see what she's saying. I think there is something to be said for like, oh, you're in the Hall of Fame now, old timer. Yeah. So I think there is something, but like, it's like the new young guys, these are the ones who are doing it. But so I see what she's saying, but yeah, but like they were, a lot of them were still performing and still putting out great shit. So absolutely. And then I guess we should say too. So was that the same time? So they were all inducted, but little Richard wasn't there. He got into a car accident. Yeah. It was going to be the one time that he was sort of publicly acknowledged as like, yeah, you did help start all of this. Yeah. And he gets into a car accident and can't make it. Mm-hmm. But you see clips of him presenting Grammys throughout the years where he's like, I don't know. I'm giving a Grammy out to somebody. They should be giving a Grammy to me. Well, yeah. I never got a Grammy. I, I, you know. And it's true. Like, you wouldn't have had like Prince and Michael Jackson and, you know, to an extent, the Stones and the Beatles without Little Richard's influence. Right. Exactly. Um, and then and then finally, so in 89, and I think we talked – is this what we talked about? In 89 when he inducted Otis Redding into the Hall of Fame. Yes. That's when he just went on a tear and just made it an evening with Little Richard and just kind of like I was the one who did all this stuff. And like I mean gave Otis his due but uh, really went off. Yeah. Yeah. But and then they eventually do like I forget if it was the AMAs or if it was a lifetime grim like they he eventually does get his due, mm-hmm. um, and it's actually touching the sea because it's televised and and when you see the the theater give him a standing ovation as he's walking on stage you you see him get like legitimately choked up and and yeah. crying, but um. I thought it was such it was such a good it was such a good documentary. Like they yeah. they talk about, you know, I am everything. Like he 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 really was like, and he would just it was um, if today he felt like wearing a suit and being a conservative Christian and he's and he's renouncing homosexuality, but tomorrow he wants to put on a leotard and jump up and down on a piano and be the most flamboyant dude on the planet. He he just did whatever he felt like he was at the time. Yeah. And he did go back and forth. And I think that's what made it really complicated for him. Like the, the one woman was talking about how she like, he kind of set everybody else free 
but he he couldn't exactly do it to himself. Like sometimes he, he'd go he back yeah and forth. yeah he 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 would preach. You have he said God made you this way, so you need to be you. Uh, as as much you have to shine as bright as you possibly can because God made you this way. And it feels like sometimes he understood that about himself, but then other times he just fought it tooth and nail. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um but uh I think it's I think it's a great documentary. I yeah. and I would also like go uh go 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 on YouTube and look at some of those early live performances. Because I, I think you'll see a lot of the the mega stars that came after him. You're 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 gonna see where where they got a lot of that from. They have they had a montage at the end where it's just and it's like every single person you're like, holy shit, you're just being Little Richard. Like the the most famous people, everybody from the Beatles to Mick Jagger to like Harry Styles today yeah. and all these other people. You're like, you're just aping Little Richard. That's all you're doing, right? Yeah, it is funny, like with people, because general, you know, it's. I feel like it's like generation. I feel like our generation was one of those last generations that would work backwards with art. You know, like yes, I I I would hear the Stones interviewed, and they would talk about Muddy Waters or Howling Wolf. So I would be like, oh, let me go check that out. Mm-hmm. I feel like subsequent generations are just kind of like, oh, we discovered all this shit. You know, like oh, the, we're we're doing this for the first time. So when they see Harry Styles. They're, they have no idea that like, no, nah, people have been doing this now for s- literally 70 years. Exactly. Yeah. You know, Little Richard was doing it first. David Bowie and even David Bowie, like uh, they, they interview Niall, uh, Niall Rogers, mm-hmm. uh, who produced Let's Dance. And he said in their first meeting, Bowie held up a picture of Little Richard like performing and screaming on stage. And he says, I want to make an album that sounds like this. Unreal. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how they came up with uh, Let's Dance. And that's how we uh, we approach this podcast every week. <laughs> and that, everybody, is the story of Sputnik. There it so, is. So uh, thank you for tuning in. Connor, thank you. Oh, uh, re- real quick. Yeah, and yeah. thank you. Thank you, Connor. Oh, you uh, wanted, so much you for... wanted to talk about the – Yeah, uh, we oh. should talk about thank you for the people who did come out to – the live recording at the Red Bank Comedy Festival a couple weeks ago, uh, before our vacations in the Keys and Nova Scotia, uh, uh, where where we had uh, KP Burke and Brian O'Halloran, two friends of the show. Such a fun episode. Uh, I, wh- how, how did you feel about it, Ken? I, it was fun. It, I, I would love to do that again. You know, mm-hmm. it was. Um... We did it sort of in a monsoon, and yes, we, uh, we had we had a small crowd, but a very enthusiastic crowd. Yeah, uh, I, I would I would love to do that again. Yeah, that 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 was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, All right. Well, uh, Ken, uh, speaking of fun, where can people find you? Um, I don't know, and I'm too lazy to look. But go, uh, just you know, follow me, Ken Krantz comic. Yeah. Oh, you know what, what I want to say, if I can, Ken, I because I, I the next couple of weeks I'm just busy with like life stuff. But uh, June 16th right. and 17th, June 16th, I was going to plug this for myself, but I forgot you're also on the show. June 16th and 17th, if you're in, I'm going to call it Southern Central PA, uh, we're going to be at the Church of Satire. Ken and I will be there for the weekend, Friday and Saturday, June 16th and 17th. It's, it's the first time that either of us are, are – 
ever going to be there. It's like a tiny theater. I think it only hit holds like 50 people. If yeah, that. I've, I've heard and really good things about this room, though. I'm excited. It's a it's a really fun room. So it's in Hanover, Pennsylvania, which is like, I think, out towards like York uh, area, Pennsylvania. So if you're in that general area, um, we would we would love to see you. I'm, pu- I'm pulling it up on the map now. Yeah, it's it's down out there. I'm trying to. I, I don't even know what it's. And near. by the Gettys, way, I'm, Gettysburg. It's kind of near. Yeah, yeah York. My, yeah, kind of, yeah. It's it's south, southwest of York, uh, just east of Gettysburg. My entire set is going to be on Little Richard. So if, if you like this episode, that might be the show for you. I don't know how I'm going to follow that. I'm going to need to get my mirror suit out of the cleaners. <laughs> you have to do your papoon sip. Yeah, just exactly. all the same jokes, but suck the life out of them. That's what I do most of the time. <laughs> All right, everybody, we will. uh, Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week.